Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Zolnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Vision is More Than 2020. For our weekly insight this week, we are going to be highlighting a partnership between Gunner Optics and St. Jude's. For our new listeners, I am a consultant with Gunner Optics, which is a more than just a blue light blocking company, but that's what they're known for. So I want to highlight this partnership because it's really, really special. What they are currently doing is they have two specific frames that 50% of the sale will benefit St. Jude's Children's Hospital research while supplies last. So they have frames for both kids, which is their cruise line, and then they have an adult version called the Vertex. And I'll link this in our show notes so you can go directly to the tab. Additionally, if you're not into either of those styles, you can also donate $5 in your purchase and you will get a limited edition collection for St. Jude's case. Now, all of this donation goes to St. Jude's Research Hospital. So that $5 goes all to research and finding cures and saving children. So please, it's just a few dollars. Um, Head over to the Gunner website and make that donation uh, for the children that are at St. Jude's. Oh, I absolutely love that. I'm going to head over myself when we're done with this podcast, Dr. Z. So for today's episode, we're continuing kind of backtracking and talking about vision therapy evaluations and vision therapy. So today we really want to highlight binocular vision dysfunctions. So what does that mean? A binocular vision dysfunction is essentially a non-strabismic misalignment of your eyes. So when you have strabismus or an eye turn, one eye is turning in or out. It could be all of the time or just some of the time. With a binocular vision dysfunction, there's just a tendency for the eyes to essentially turn out or turn in more than they should. So I kind of want to backtrack and just kind of go over what your visual posture should be like. So in the distance, we have a normal visual posture where our eyes are essentially nice and aligned. And then at near, when we look up close, our eyes should actually converge or turn in a little bit. That's what your natural posture is. So during our evaluation, Dr. Z and I always assess what your posture is like at distance and at near. If you are the correct posture, we call that orthophoria. That means your eyes are aligned together. If we see exophoria, that means your eyes are turning out a little more than they should. And if we see esophoria, that means your eyes are turning in a little more than they should. So to kick off really the first big binocular vision diagnosis, that is convergence insufficiency. This is the most common type of binocular vision disorder. And what that means is in the distance, you have a normal posture. You're aligned in the distance. Up close, you have a moderate to high exophoria. So your eyes are essentially under converging. They're turning out a little more than they should when you look up close. And another way that we can assess for convergence insufficiency is a very simple test called a near point of convergence where we bring a target in on your midline and we ask you to tell us when it splits into two and then we assess when it goes back to one. We also are watching your eye alignment and we're watching to see if any eye starts to turn out and lose fusion on that target. And with convergence insufficiency, you're going to see that target double very receded away. Yeah, and I think it's important to highlight that we also do a bit more of extensive testing where we look at how well you can keep things single and clear, both in distance and near. Because we look at the whole picture. You could have a very large exophoria, but you could be well compensated for 
in your ability to keep things single and clear and you have no symptoms. It's when you have a slip in your visual posture that's larger than the average and you can't compensate for that. And that leads to symptoms. Now, symptoms of convergence insufficiency are very, very common. And I think a lot of people are walking around with convergence insufficiency and don't realize it, right? Because <laughs> patients are like, oh, my eyes just feel tired or I get a headache after reading for short periods of time. Uh, you get that intermittent blurry or double vision while you're reading. And I like to tell patients, it's not like, don't think of double as like two separate images, not like completely separate images. It may just be like a ghosting of the text that it starts to split and then comes back. That's the your body's way of saying like, something's not right, but I don't want to see double. So I'm going to get it back to single. Uh, because a lot of patients will say, no, I never see two. Oh, but then you start to show them with your hands, like that ghosting. They're like, oh, we definitely see that. So that's definitely an indication too. Uh, some patients experience like a pulling sensation around their eyes. Uh, they may have decreased concentration. They tire when they're reading. And a lot of patients often say that they feel like the words dance around on the page, right? We hear that from kids a lot, right, Dr. L? Yes, we do. And I think that translates into that decreased reading comprehension where they have to reread for content because they're spending so much time and energy trying to keep things single and clear, they have no idea what they just read. And then one of our favorite symptoms to highlight is avoidance, right? Because if you have this high exophoria posture at near in the eyes, sometimes they're misaligned and turning out more than they should and can't gain that alignment and keep things single. Is it going to be fun to read or look at things up close, especially for a long period of time? Absolutely not. So avoidance is a really, really big key that sometimes, especially with kids, um, they can have a hard time verbalizing if they are seeing double or that intermittent doubleness or blurry vision that Dr. Z was talking about. They don't know that they shouldn't see that that way. They just know it's uncomfortable and then they don't want to do that task. So avoidance is a really big symptom to highlight. And then another thing we want to highlight also, and this kind of applies to all of the binocular vision dysfunctions we're going to be talking about today, is you may have one of these diagnoses that we're talking about, but be asymptomatic and not even know. And the reason is your brain is very smart. If you are about to start to lose your eye alignment and start to maybe start to see double, what your brain can do is just shut the image off of one eye. We call that suppression. So if that's happening frequently and you're just utilizing one eye to do near tasks, you're not going to know that you have this convergence insufficiency. Right. And with kids, again, you really want to observe how they are performing while they're reading. Are they closing an eye? Are they turning their head? Because sometimes our nose acts as a natural blinder. So a child that has really poor posture while they read or gets really close and turns their head, that's their way of using only one eye to see. So those are things that really would indicate that there might be something going on, especially if you notice it at near in your kid. And that avoidance piece in kids is really, really, really important because no kid wants to not learn. There's never been a kid, maybe a high school student, okay, right? Like teenage years are a little different, but any child in elementary school wants to do well, wants to learn. So if they're avoiding a task, as a parent, you have to figure out why they don't want to learn and why they don't want to sit there. And I'm a bit biased, but this is definitely the first stop uh, in really understanding of do they have an underlying binocular vision issue such as convergence insufficiency. So the next binocular vision disorder we want to highlight is called convergence excess. So this is essentially the opposite of convergence insufficiency. So again, you have normal posture in the distance, but at up close, you have high 
esophoria, meaning your eyes turn in more than they should up close. So, you know, at the very beginning of this, I said convergence up close is a good thing, but too much convergence is not. So if those eyes are turning in a little more than they should be, it can really be straining for your visual system. Yeah, so symptoms here are fairly similar, similar to convergence insufficiency. Uh, a lot of headaches, eye strain, intermittent blurred or double vision. And the one that does tend to separate it is that symptoms tend to worsen at the end of the day when their system is really, really fatigued. So if you have a, a, a kid that does really well in school, but then homework seems really hard, or they just can't focus at, at the end of the day, that might I, be an indication. And the only way that you would really know the difference between a convergence insufficiency or a convergence excess with e either yourself or your child is if you bring them in to get it assessed. A lot of people often just say like, oh, it must be a CI, it must be a convergent insufficiency, because that's the one that is most common. But when a, ch a child can have a convergence excess, and that's something that we really need to highlight. But again, similar symptoms, like I said, that headache, that eye strain, reading is difficult, that avoidance, and that decreased reading comprehension. So those are the two main binocular vision dysfunctions that we see up close. So now let's talk about binocular vision dysfunctions that can occur in the distance. These are both not as common, um, but I think are important to highlight. So the first that we wanna discuss is divergence insufficiency. So now this is where you have a normal near posture, but in the distance you have esophoria. So your eyes are essentially turning in more than they should in the distance. This is out of all the four dysfunctions we're gonna highlight today, the least common. Yes, and the symptoms here are often intermittent double vision in the distance. Usually when you're doing something for a long period of time. I know my divergence insufficiency patients typically are my adult patients that they say are on a boat and they're like, I was looking at the buoy across the way and I saw two. I saw two suns. I saw two sunsets. I was looking at the moon right now. One of our favorite patients, Dr. L, that was his indication that he had a divergence insufficiency. He loved looking at the moon and he would see two of them. So divergence insufficiency, like I said, it really is long distance viewing. They often get headaches with distance texts may have some intermittent blurred vision in the distance and often have some difficulty switching from distance to near, say, again, driving, right? They're looking at the car in front of them, but when they switch out to look, say, at a sign, that becomes increasingly difficult. These patients also often suffer from motion sickness and nausea and dizziness because our distance fusion of how we keep our world together really does help to keep our world steady and aligned. So when things are off in the distance, it often gives patients this overall sense of like visual disequilibrium. Uh, and that's what a lot of patients come in saying is like they, they can see clearly, but something's just off. Right, and I think an important thing to highlight with divergence insufficiency is this is usually something that's very long-standing. It's usually not acute. So these are patients that have been experiencing this intermittent double vision for a long time, maybe don't always know what it is, but it's not something that they just wake up with and have one day. We very often see in our patients that the, the distance posture can kind of decompensate over time. So these patients tend to have increase in their symptoms as they age. And when they become symptomatic enough, that's when they find their way to us for a solution. Um, and with that, if the patient is well rested or at the earlier part of the day, they may have better alignment and not be symptomatic until they become very, very fatigued. Right. 
Okay, so now our fourth and last binocular vision dysfunction we want to discuss today is called divergence excess. So again, the opposite of divergence insufficiency. You have normal near posture, and in the distance you have exophoria, meaning your eyes tend to turn out more than they should in the distance. So common symptoms with divergence excess is that the often the patient will close their eye in bright light. For whatever reason, sunlight brings out misalignment in the visual system. It's one of those really common symptoms, right? Even in kids, I'll have a, pay, a mom bring them in and say, the only symptom that I have is they're sensitive to light and they close an eye in the distance. Like they close their eye as soon as we walk outside. Like, what's that about? Like, how does my five-year-old know how to close one eye? Uh, so that's a really, really common symptom. Subjective symptoms are kind of rare that most of these patients tend to suppress. And I have to say, a lot of my divergence excess patients often are on that border of flipping into intermittent strabismic patients, right? Like they often start to drift out because there's not a lot of drive for convergence. So most divergence excess patients tend to delve a little bit into that strabismic category where it becomes a bit more frequent of their eyes not working. But again, one that really is able to be treated uh, that, we can, that we can deal with. This episode is brought to you by Luminous. For over 50 years, Luminous has developed innovative gold standard devices for eye care, like the first SLT laser, the first argon laser photocoagulator, and the revolutionary dual path SLT and YAG laser. Luminous, the inventor of intense pulse light, or IPL, is proud to announce the first and only IPL system to receive FDA approval for management of dry eye disease and to launch OptiLite, a bright solution for dry eyes. OptiLite uses Luminous's patented optimal pulse technology to allow consistent, precise, and controlled treatment. If your patients suffer from dry, gritty, tired eyes, and dry eye disease due to meibomian gland dysfunction that is impacting their quality of life and their vision, OptiLite puts the power for treating dry eye disease in the palm of your hand. OptiLite breaks the dry vicious cycle of inflammation and delivers improvement in tear breakup time and other clinical signs of dry eye disease. To learn how you can elevate dry eye management with OptiLite, visit Luminous.com slash OptiLite. So now let's discuss what we do about all of these binocular vision dysfunctions. So one of the very first um, mainline things that Dr. Z and I do on our vision therapy evaluation workup is check for a glasses prescription. A lot of our patients come to us, they may have had that part of the exam recently done because we're a lot, we're highly referral based, but we always like to recheck um, because if there is any refractive error there, it can sometimes help that eye alignment if it's not corrected for. So there's a few ways that this can really help. One is that if there's an asymmetric prescription and the two eyes are seen very unequally, that can really cause that eye alignment to decompensate and pull some of these things out. So by giving each eye more equal visual input, that can really help stabilize your visual system. Another way that a glasses prescription can really help is, is particularly if you're farsighted. So this can really help with uh, the convergence excess, particularly because your convergence muscles are really tied to your accommodative or focusing muscles. So if you're really tending to turn those eyes in, it could be because you're having a hard time using your focusing muscles to keep print clear up close, and then that's causing those eyes to turn in a little bit more. So by giving you a little bit of a farsighted or plus prescription, that can help the focus and then help those convergence muscles not have to pull in as much and essentially relax them a little bit. Yeah, so there's lots of options that we can do with glasses prescriptions, not 
I always say multifocal prescriptions aren't just for adults. Sometimes it's really beneficial for kids that do have a convergence excess and happen to be farsighted or even nearsighted too. Sometimes they, they need a little help as well. And we talk a lot about prism, or I, I should say a lot of patients come in saying, I just need those prism glasses. And prism works really, really well in a certain cases. Now, there are two schools of thought with prism, right? Because it does essentially align the eyes or aligns the images so that you don't have to work so hard. But I think it's important to highlight that if you have one of these binocular vision dysfunctions, there are periods of time that you have normal binocular vision. So for me, I am biased with PRISM that it sort of acts as a band-aid because it uh, doesn't get to the root of why your two eyes aren't working together. So if we can work through why your eyes aren't working together, we don't necessarily need PRISM. Now, PRISM, I will highlight though, is really effective if we have, we didn't highlight this, but if we there's any vertical deviation in the two eyes, meaning the two eyes can be misaligned up and down. Uh, so vertical PRISM is really useful for that to get the two eyes working on the same plane. But it is also really, effective for our divergence insufficiency patients. So those patients, like we said, that has that esophoria in the distance, sometimes I will say out of all the binocular vision dysfunctions, divergence insufficiency patients are the most difficult to train uh, to relax out in the distance and to get them their eyes working together. So sometimes just a little bit of prism, a half a diopter, a one prism diopter of prism is life-changing for those patients. So Dr. L and I both have a similar approach that we really look at what is the most effective way with lenses to treat the patient and whether that's just a pair of glasses or maybe an, the application of prism is there as a first-line treatment for our patients. So that kind of leads us nicely into our last treatment modality, which is, of course, vision therapy, our favorite method. Um, and this can be really effective, you know, for any of these binocular vision dysfunctions, but has been found to be the most effective for convergence insufficiencies, which is the most popular one to have. With convergence insufficiency, there actually has been a lot of research done with this diagnosis because it's the most common, so it's the easiest to find a large subset of patients to study. And one randomized clinical trial really looked at glasses to see if that was effective in managing symptoms for convergence insufficiency. They gave one subset plano glasses, which means they had no prescription in them at all, and another subset, a pair of reading glasses that had some basin prism to help with that convergence. And they really showed that there was no difference in the effectiveness of no prescription at all versus the prism and helping decrease symptoms in convergence insufficiency. Now on the flip side, there's this really big clinical trial called the Convergence Insufficiency Treatment Trial that really looked at vision therapy and how effective it is. And this this study has done wonders for the realm of vision therapy um, because they really looked at placebo vision therapy versus home-based vision therapy versus office-based vision therapy. And they found office-based vision therapy was by far the most effective in managing the symptoms of convergence insufficiency and improving findings throughout this, this course of therapy. Yeah. And the I believe the, the success rate with treatment of convergence insufficiency is well within to the 90 percentile. So why would we not treat convergence insufficiency? I, I do say to parents, though, uh, the most important factor in remediating convergence insufficiency is consistency within vision therapy and office vision therapy and really showing up and being consistent. It doesn't work if you 
only do it once every few weeks. It really has to be a committed program that you're in office and then you do some home-based vision therapy. And I like to highlight with vision therapy, it's not something that you have to do forever. I think that there's a big misconception because, right, sometimes with speech therapy or occupational therapy, the pay, the students or the children or even the adults are in it for years and years. And that's not really how vision therapy is designed, right? Because we're retraining the brain to gather and process visual information more efficiently. And that process happens really quickly, especially in kids. It often is amazing to see after six, eight sessions in office, you start to see the wheels turning in these kids and they start to approach their visual world a little differently. Now, just because we highlighted that there are studies that show that convergence insufficiency is the most treatable, we can still treat all of the others. As Dr. L highlighted, there's just not as many patients available to do these big randomized studies on. So we treat a ton of convergence excess patients, um, divergence excess patients, and even those really tricky divergence insufficiency patients, we still put them in therapy to help to stabilize their ability to keep things single and clear. And if we need to add a little prism at the end after we've stabilized things, then we do that. But we really believe in no patient should be uncomfortable while they're doing life. <laughs> Simply put, right, Dr. L, like you should be able to read and sustain near work for more than 15, 20 minutes. You should be able to play tennis and enjoy tennis and be able to hit the ball accurately. We want you to drive safely. So if you're experiencing any symptoms, anything that doesn't feel right while you're doing anything that you want to do in your life, make sure to get an eye exam by a doctor that understands the visual system that just because you see clearly doesn't mean that your eyes are working together. And that's really the basis of the podcast, right, Dr. L, is that vision is so much more than 2020 and that these binocular vision dysfunctions are able to be treated. Well said, Dr. Z. So just make sure you seek out some optometric care if you have any of these symptoms we highlighted today, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020, and follow us on Instagram. For additional content, check out our practice, Twin Forks Optometry, on both Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.